Hello, my name is Scott Bradley, and this is Scott Scott Podcast. And as always, I'm joined by Tony Wells. Tony, how are we? I'm alright, mate. Yourself? I'm very well, mate. And we're also joined by Matty T. Matty T, how are we? I'm good, I. It's good. good to be on. So, Matty T, you're having a quiet one tonight. You've just recently booked up for Amsterdam, so the bank balance is not looking too pretty. No, it's not looking pretty at all. It's, it's um, very much in overdraft territory. Oh, um, God. But, you know... Aye, no, it's good to get the damn books now, it's just all about saving and being sensible. So what's your plans tonight, mate? A wee bit of Love Island? A wee bit of Love Island, you know, keeping an eye on deadline day, you know, just, just have a nice chilled Friday night and keeping my, keep my eye open. That's it, mate, that's what I like to hear. So Tony, how's your week? Aye, alright, mate, a pretty quiet week and work, can't complain too much. And a wee sub-crawl for you tomorrow, my man? Hopefully, that's the plan, we'll see how it goes, my bank balance is going to take a hit tomorrow, I know. Oh, I think... Both our bank balances at the weekend there took a big hit. <laughs> I'll be honest, mate, mine was alright. I was oh. quite surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I can say the same, mate. Uh, <laughs> that's what town does, Dave. It does, uh, you get nights like that. <laughs> oh, 100%. So, boys, we've got a lot to discuss. Transfer deadline day. And, Matt, let's talk about Rangers. Uh, are you happy with the business that we've done? We've just uh, signed attacking midfielder Hadji uh, on loan from Genk. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think this could be an absolute steal. Um, obviously, let's not judge him on his dad. Like, he's not, he's not his dad. He basically played in his own right. And he uh, absolutely, in the World Cup under 21, um, he absolutely was on a different level compared to most people. So uh, he's got a lot of potential. This season's not been his most best season because he's not been starting every game. He's got, they've got a new manager in the so he's got different ideas. So he's not in his plans but oh can I just say sorry play. sorry to briefly interrupt Matt I'm sorry uh, I agree with what you're saying no um, but see the reason uh, that the Genk manager uh, Genk manager <laughs> the Genk manager uh, got rid of him on loan is because though he was anything to do with his performances I think it's because the, the Genk manager is going down a different route where he's wanting to go with more ex- experienced players rather than uh, youth players yeah, no, definitely. That's what I was kind of touching on there. Like, he wants more experienced players for whatever reason. So that means getting rid of, getting rid of Hadji, who, which obviously very much favours us. Um, but I think if we get him playing, I think we'll definitely take the option to buy it. I don't see why we wouldn't do that. So getting him to settle in over the next few weeks, he could be a very key player. And uh, also, um, the fact that we have an option to buy of £4 million, pounds, mm, that's very interesting as well. And... See some of the stuff I've read from the, the Belgian uh, media. They've, they've spoke very highly uh, of uh, Hadji and they've said that this guy could go really far in the game. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's also a steal as well because Genk actually bought him for £8 million, so we're getting him for pretty much half the price. Um, so, like you said, he's got very, very high potential. Um, he just needs, obviously needs to settle in here, give him time. And the thing with him is... He's so two-footed, like, he can go with his left and go with his right, he can, and he's got long shots as well, so um, he's, it looks like he's got the full package as an attacking mid. No, I absolutely agree, mate. And also as well, like, he, like, he can play in other positions, like, he's a natural attacking midfielder, but also he can play, play out left play out right that's more competition out in the right hand side because you know uh, for a long time Matt I've said that we have really been lacking in a lot of quality a lot of depth outs in the, out in the right hand side and this will as I said add more competition and more depth and quality out in that area and some of the, the highlights I've seen off it Hadji the, the boy does look like a player he's fast he's quick great in the ball very skillful he's a 
the kind of player that we've been like crying out for for a while in that uh, number 10 slot. Because at the club right now, we've not got... Like, before we signed Hadji, we had no natural number 10s. Yes, we had Kent and Aribo that would like to drift inside, but that was it. Yeah, no, definitely. And obviously Davis, he used to be able to play up there, but he's not really got the legs for it anymore. So uh, we definitely are crying out for someone there. I really hope Gerard plays on there. Doesn't play him out right, of course. Like you said, they can't play out there, but I'd rather see him in his more natural position as an attacking mid and, you know, have Aribo out right, Kent out left, and obviously uh, Morelis up front. Do you think he'll start tomorrow? No, definitely not. He won't start. Um, I think he'll come on for like maybe the last 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes. Um, I think he'll make an appearance, but there's no way he'll start tomorrow. Yeah. Um, what, what are you going to say there? Jason, do you think he will? Um, no, I don't think he'll start uh, personally. I don't think he will. I think he'll come on. I agree. Like, I agree. With, agree with what you're saying. I think he'll come on from the bench, but yeah, I think it'll be too soon for him to start. But then again, you can't put anything past Stephen Gerrard. <laughs> Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I can't see him starting, but you, you never know. Yeah, so Tony, what's your thoughts on this signing, Hadji? Because you were, you were just saying to me, your pod there, that you were thinking, yeah, this guy could be a player from the stuff you've heard and uh, the stuff that you, you've potentially watched as well. I will get on a decent side as well, mate, and eight million is quite a lot of money to a Belgian side, so they've obviously thought about who they're spending their money on, and I, I do think he's the potential to be a good player. I mean, obviously, as Matt said, you can't really base him off... Well, you can't compare him to his dad, sorry, but it certainly helps, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. You know, but yeah, I think it could be a good signing for Rangers. It could be a steal if it all goes to plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because um, we have seen great players come to Scotland before and not really be able to hack it, but I think this boy has the confidence. I don't think anything faces him. He played in the Champions League this year. Um, if I, if my notes are correct, that he played in the Champions League this year uh, five times, and I don't know how productive his performances were, but he can't be like, come on, like you must be a good player if you're playing the Champions League five times. Exactly. Mate. This season as well, yeah. If you're getting picked to play in the Champions League, and if you're actually playing in the Champions League, regardless, I you sh- you should be a decent enough player to make it in Scotland, but we'll we'll soon see. Mm-hmm, yeah, exactly. And uh, Matt, uh, Camberry, um. We don't know what's happening with that deal just now. Um, but like the last we've heard was that a deal in principle has been agreed with Hibs for Camberry, but the only thing is holding up is Hibs want to get in another striker um for a replacement for Camberry. And it also looks like Greg Doherty is going to Hibs on loan until the end of the season. So yeah. Going back to the question though, what do you make of Camberry? Do you think this would be a decent addition if Rangers are able to get this over the line? Yeah, well just before I touch on Camberry, I just want to go back to Hadji very quickly. He obviously mentioned the Champions League. Uh, obviously been research. He played a 0 0 against Napoli, Genk and Napoli and 0 0. He's the man in the match that game. He brought Genk forward, so yeah, he's got that Champions League experience. Uh, but going back to Camberry, you you know this yourself, I've been saying for a long time. Um, I would take him at, at Rangers. Um, when he first came into Hibs, he was like absolutely on fire. I think he got eight goals in like ten games, something along those lines. Um, but obviously, ever since he's signed permanently, he's not really hit those heights. But I think, given good players around him, given the service, he could be a, a, a good a good signing for us. And he's not going to be starting every week. Relatively relative for the force fit, be a, be a good option to have on the bench or playing like the smaller games or cup games, things like that. So I think he definitely could be a good signing. If it happens, if it doesn't happen, I think we're looking at Dykes because Mengas went back to, to Livingston 
Mm-hmm. So that could open the door for us to get strikes, but I think we'll get one of the two. Yeah, I hope so. Um, Camberry, I think he's an ideal for uh, choice striker. Um, he's decent on the ball. His hold up play is good, and see when he's in form, the guy can finish. He's really good in the six yard box. Knows where the back of the net is, and this season's not been his best. But the thing is, though, like Camberry, as you said, Matt, he's not going to be starting week in week out. But he, if you get him, get his, like if you get him, uh, like in good form, get his confidence back, he he could be a very decent player for us. Yeah, no, 100%. And the thing is, he's still young as well. Like, um, he can still improve. And with great coaches around him, like Gerard McAllister, Michael Beale, things like that, people like that, sorry, he could be, he could take his game to the next level. Um, but I say, he's still young. Lots of time to improve. He's got eight goals this season, which isn't the worst. You know, one of those, you know, considering, like, Defoe, Morella standing on, like, 12-16, you know. So, um, it is, um, it is a, a Potentially be a good signing. Yeah, Tony, what do you make of that? Uh, Canberry potentially going to Rangers? I think it would be a decent signing. Uh, he was a really good player for Hibs a couple of years ago, but I think his attitude and kind of falling out with managers and that has kind of cost him a wee bit. But he's certainly a player. Mm-hmm. He is. I would have took him. I would have taken him definitely. Um, the only thing I would say is I, he does kind of need to work on his attitude, but I think going to a club like Rangers, he'll have to do that. And under Steven Gerrard, he won't really have a choice. So yeah. I think that will certainly improve him as a player if the deal goes through. No, you're right. Um, and obviously we remember the the famous bust-up that Canberra had with uh, Neil Lennon in the training ground. And the, the club effectively sided with Canberra in that situation. They didn't go with Lennon. Um, because you see what happened with Lennon, he got the sack, or depends who you talk to or what you read, um, he, he apparently got the sack, um, and the club sided with Canberra. So, do you think the Hibs fans will see this as a, a slap in the face, that the, 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 the club stuck by Canberra over that situation, Lennon got sacked, and now Canberra is desperate to get a move out uh Easter Road to go to like a club that <laughs> Hibs don't have the, the best relationship with uh, in Rangers? I think in a way they will feel a wee bit, yeah, slap in the face. Like why? I can imagine it wouldn't be nice for any of the other teams outside the old firm in Scotland to lose their players to one of the old firm. It's never nice, especially with its Hibs, Hibs and Rangers having a bit of a rivalry. Aye, that certainly wouldn't help. But I think... I don't know what it is. Obviously, we don't know what went on with Lennon and Canberra at Hibs exactly, but they're both hot heads. They were always going to clash heads at some point, weren't they? But I do think if he get if the boy gets his head down and he, the deal does go through with Rangers, yeah, he could be a decent player. And Matt, what do you make of Greg Dockett going to Hibs on loan to the end of the season? Uh, I think it's a good move for him. He's obviously not getting a sniff in the Rangers at the moment. Um, and... It's almost kind of similar to middle and obviously that didn't work out, but it's similar in the sense that he gets experience playing in the league, in the same league as us, um, and Hibs are like a, a decent enough team, they, they should be top six, um, and yeah, I think, it, I think it works out for everyone. Mm-hmm. And obviously we're linked with the, the Burnley striker uh, Vadra, and yep. that's fell through, that's fell through, and I think that's uh, quite a gutter. Um, because I, obviously this season at Burnley he's been out of favour but the guy tore it up at Watford at Watford he scored like 26 plus goals when he was there and I think he he signed for Burnley for £11 million so that could have been an asset as well but that's off the table because Burnley were unable to get a replacement in Yeah, I think it's a good move for him I think he's 
yeah, no, that's a real shame. He could have been an excellent signing. Um, but like I say, it feels to Burnley couldn't get a replacement. Um, unless they get one in the next few hours, I don't see it happening. Um, they're probably even looking for one at this point anymore. So it is a shame, but we can maybe revisit that one in summer for looking for that kind of area again. But um, yeah, forget forget someone else in it. Won't, it won't be too disheartening. Yeah, I think it's pivotal though, Matt, that we get a striker in. Let a striker in. We need to get another striker in because we we, we obviously we seen what happened on uh, Wednesday night against Ross yeah. County. Jermaine Defoe got injured, and that was a, a big blow. And Defoe's going to be out, I think, for a month or two. Is that right? Six or eight, six to eight weeks. Yeah, so I think Gerard's saying best case scenario, four to five weeks. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we need to get at least four to five weeks which again it's still a long time considering we're going for a title and games are coming thick and fast but even even before the folk got um, injured I think me and you and most Rangers fans were saying we need a striker anyway we can't just have those two strikers to rely on so I think this could have been a, even though it's absolutely a shame that the folk got injured I think it could be a blessing in disguise that, that forces your hand to bring in another striker because you know, you know uh, yourself, Matt, I love Jermaine Defoe. I think Jermaine Defoe is a terrific uh, striker. But he's at that age now where he's 37. He cannot play week in, week out anymore. Um, yes, Defoe's good starting the every so often. He's, like, I think every, near enough every game, he should probably come, like, on from the bench. But he cannot start week in, week out. He just can't. Like, look, he's 37. And you've seen what happened on Wednesday night. His age was his age was catching up to him where he had to go off in a stretcher calf injury by the looks of it um, and he's going to be out for a bit so yeah that was a big blow and thank god Matt that Alfredo Morelos is back not 100% uh, but obviously the four started the last four games got three goals you know it's a good record but like I said you can't, you can't start week in week out because he gets injured but yeah I'm glad Morelos is back um, obviously he had a wee niggle himself a wee injury but I think that should actually, he's kind of over it now hopefully he'll start tomorrow I have no doubt um, so he'll he, he'll be back banging the goals and hopefully get back to our, our ways of just like getting comfortable victories rather than these shaky 1-0 2 nils. Yeah, and Tony, um, we'll move on to the Celtic business now. What's your thoughts on Celtic's business as a whole? Are you content with it? It's hard to say, to be honest, mate, because any signing we've got in currently, we don't really know a lot about them, their projects, which, yeah, if it comes off at the end of it, but you don't know at the moment whether that's going to be the case. So it's kind of hard to be optimistic right now, but having said that, I'm not going to write anyone off or anything off yet. But obviously, we were linked with like Wanyama and things like that. People, or sorry, a guy who the fans know, and a proven player in Scotland and down south, which I think a player like that would have given us all a kind of lift because at least we know what we're getting. But right now, I think to be a Celtic fan in this transfer window, as you're saying at most transfer windows, being a Celtic fan is pretty frustrating mm-hmm. because you just don't know who you're going to get. Yeah. So it does look like that Wanyama deal is off the cards. It looks like that's not going to happen. Um, we were talking in the chat uh, today actually it was like the chat with me you and Joe and I think Joe was saying like he wouldn't be really in favour of signing Wanyama because he's like we've already signed a midfielder in uh, Soro like where can Wanyama actually fit in in this team I, I agree to be honest it's not really a position that we're crying out for anyway so the, the fact that the deal had fallen through it isn't a major loss I just do think it would be nice to get in someone, regardless of what position they play, to 
someone that is a proven player, whether they've played for us or not, mm-hmm. you know, just to get somebody, I don't know, someone that can give the fans and team a lift, somebody who you know is going to improve your squad. Yeah, and I just seen there like come up with Sky Sports that uh, like Celtic are saying that they were not interested in Wanyama. Yeah, like we don't know what's been going on. You know, the rumors obviously started somewhere, but yeah, who knows? To be honest, I I didn't really know what to make of it. Although I did see it on Sky Sports, it was kind of one that you were thinking, could this could this actually happen? You know. Yeah. So you're saying that a position that Celtic need to strengthen in is uh centre half. Yeah, I think we do need more. I was wanting Benkovic in, but he's obviously I think going to Bristol on loan. Uh, but I I think we've all, we've been a bit shaky at centre half this season, and we've kind of brought was it Simunovic back into the team, and he's obviously he's pretty injury prone and can be uh, prone to the odd error or two. Uh-huh. Uh Ayer's not had the greatest season, I'd say. I think Julian's a solid centre half, but if he gets injured and. You know, who else are we going to play there? Exactly. Like, if he gets injured, then that's, like, a massive, massive blow. It is, especially title races on. There's big games coming up. Every game is must-win. There's no room for error, especially at the back. So, I mm-hmm. it'd just been nice to get somebody in to kind of shut up shop a bit at the back. That mm-hmm. would have made us... I think myself and a lot of Celtic fans, it would have made us all feel a lot better had that happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine so, mate. Um, Matt, what's your thoughts on the Celtic's business uh, so far? Obviously, Tony said that the, the two players that Celtic have brought in, you don't know a lot about them. It's projects, as Tony said. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I guess I was going to echo what you're saying. It's, it's hard to say because we, we don't know much about them. They, they could be like absolute bargains or they could be duds. We, we have no idea. But um, obviously, they're young players, so they're, they're going to have time to... to Bed in, prove themselves. Um, so I don't know, but I think Sorrow could be a lot of people saying he could be a long term replacement for Brown. You know, the people saying about Kua- that about Kuasi as well, so we have no idea. And Klamala, um, obviously, he's one for the long term as well. So we'll have to wait and see how, how they do turn out. But, um, you know, they, they, could be, they could be good signings, but we just don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And we obviously will move on and we'll speak about Hearts. Um, before we go into the Rangers Hearts game, Matt, um, Hearts uh, have had a decent window. Um, they signed four players, <coughs> so they did. And uh, the, one of the, the, the key players, or the standout, uh, should I say, that they signed was Liam Boyce. That happened uh, last weekend, uh, right, I think it was right before uh, the Rangers game. And I yeah, think that is before. a very. What did you say, Matt? I said the day before. I uh, day I day before um I, I yeah you know what you know what I mean um but yeah yes. Liam Boyce that is a very good sign in my opinion um and I was very surprised Matt that Burnley no no Burnley um Burton Albion sorry Burton, Burton Albion got rid of him uh, he scored fourteen goals this season right I was I found that baffling why they would want to get rid of someone who's scored fourteen goals in League One. It it could be come down to wages because obviously, um. When he signed for um signed for Burton, they were in the championship at that point, so they could maybe offer him um higher wages, but they also got relegated, so they're thinking, Do you know what, let's cash in on him, get him off the wage bill and we can we can look elsewhere. So it could be that. I'm just you know, I'm just guessing, but um we have no idea. But yeah, from a heart's point of view it's an absolute absolute bargain. He he'll probably he'll definitely fry them to safety, I like I think. If he didn't sign a striker, hearts were in season, he'd have gone down. But I think he'll keep them up. I have no doubt about that. 
um, and you can build on that for next for next season. Yeah, that's when that's he's a player I would have taken at Rangers. I was even saying that in his Ross County days. I thought he was an excellent striker. I said that too. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, yeah, when you look at his tally for Ross County, Scott, um, it's, it's for a team like that, it was unbelievable stats. So it's an absolute steal for for Hearts, I would say. And what do you think, Tony? Do you think that's a real steal of a sign? I think it is, mate. I think he's a crack striker. Uh, he'll get you a goal any day of the week. He's, as you said, he had a cracking career at Ross County, which is not an easy thing to do for a striker with those stats he managed to get himself. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, just again, off of what you were saying, I do think he will have a really good shout at playing a part in keeping hearts up this year. Yeah, and see the thing, the thing about Liam Boyce that I really like, um, he's not a flashy player. But he's a very smart player. He's always in in the box at the right time, right place. Knows where the back of the net is. He's a great finisher. And as you were saying, Tony, like if you can get that amount of goals at Ross County, that just shows you. Like it's not like Ross County are like blessed with a lot of talent. And if you're able to score, I think it was like twenty five plus goals at Ross County, um, in one season, you you must have something about you. You know, and even this season, 14 goals at Burton, and Burton get rid of him. And it, and it wasn't a loan deal, it was a permanent. And so, yeah, that's a good signing for Hearts. And, um, yeah, uh, anything else you want to bring up, Matt, uh, about uh, Hearts before we move on? In fact, yes, actually, there's one thing I, I want to bring up. Hearts actually also made another signing, a midfielder, called Marcel, uh, La- I think it's Langer, for, and he got released from Schalke. So, yes, Hearts are strengthening in that midfield department, Matt. Yeah, no, I think that could be a good sign. I think he um, also worked with Stendhal. Uh, when was it? Was it Hanover? Oh, yeah. Hanover, that was it. Um, he worked with him at Hanover, so obviously he knows the player, so he knows what he's getting. So I think if he knows what he's getting, he's able to save him. So it could be a good sign for Hearts. They've had a very good window, and I think this is, uh, this is like why. And much British faith and her faith in Stendhal, sorry, he's, he's starting to prove the goods now. So, yeah, looks like hearts are the tide is finally changing for them. Yeah, and uh, Matt, what do you make of Aberdeen's window? They've uh, signed four players, well, three players. They got uh, John Gallagher's uh, loan extended from Atlanta, and they signed Dylan McGeoch and Matty Kennedy from uh, St Johnson. And today they signed a, a right back, uh, an international for Venezuela. And his name's Ronald Hernandez. And it's an undisclosed fee, but rumour has it, um, it was round about 350k. So we don't know a lot about this guy in terms of like uh, his like, highlights or whatever. Like, But the fact that he's an international for Venezuela uh, and Aberdeen paid a fee for him, that's uh, a decent uh, start, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, like you say, you know nothing about him, so... Again, some of the Celtic ones, we we just we just don't know how it could go. But um, after he's very well international with fifteen caps, you know, he's always in their plans there. He's still young, three hundred fifty k. You know, it's like um, Aberdeen have spotted something on him. So actually, Josh was saying he'll be in the squad tomorrow, so maybe get a glimpse of him tomorrow. So um, yeah, not much to say, but I, yeah, I think it could could Aye. be a good sign in there. If Aberdeen think they're getting what they are. It's something that Aberdeen fans can be optimistic and excited about because Aberdeen have not really had a lot to cheer about when it comes to signings over the last uh, while or so. And I think he could be the replacement for Shea Logan uh, because Shea Logan this season, Matt, he's 
not had a good season whatsoever. Um, defensively, any time I've seen Shea Logan, um, it's my personal opinion, he's looked very flustered. He's not the, the same Shea Logan from two or three seasons ago. Um, so I think, in fact, I think he was getting a bit complacent and this might be the wake-up call that Shea Logan needs and a wee bit of competition there for him too. Yeah, no, definitely. I think Shea Logan, I always thought was a, a good player for Aberdeen. Um, one of the better players, to be honest. Um, like I said, I think just the last season or two, he's just been kind of on autopilot. Like he's, he's been very comfortable in his spot. Not really had any trouble. And like I said, just we'll push him for um, for competition. And i just seen there, he's signed, this boy signed on a four and a half year deal. So obviously they're thinking Aberdeen, this could be a long term thing for Shea Logan. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that position there. Mm-hmm. Tony, what do you make of the signing? Um, I I think Aberdeen again similar to us as Matt touched upon again. It is hard to be optimistic. Obviously, Dylan McGeoch, you know what he's like. He's a decent player. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do agree with what you are saying, Michelle Logan. Yeah, he's not really had much competition. He has become possibly a wee bit complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the the, the sign was a Venezuelan international. As yeah, well. I obviously don't really know an awful lot about him, but. Could become a steal, you never know. It's just, it's hard to predict. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going to say, Matt, what do you make of uh, Tony Dockett? He'd done a, a press conference uh, during the week. It was right after St Mirren drew with Aberdeen 0-0. And he, obviously, Dent McInnes has been getting a lot of criticism this season. And Tony Dockett said in his press conference that he finds uh, the criticism and abuse that McInnes and uh, Dockett are getting is absurd and preposterous. Um, do you think... What uh, Tony Docky Tony Docky is saying here is justified. Not really, no. I mean, obviously, if, if abuse is going to a personal level, that's different. But if it's just criticism of like how the team is playing, I think it is it is warranted because Aberdeen for the last season or two have been quite quite poor. Let's be honest, let's not be around the bush. They have been quite poor, um, and at times McInnes just looks like he's he's out of ideas. He doesn't know how to get his team going again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we Tony Dogs says almost like they're defence like whoa 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 like he, I don't know he, he took it personally but again you're in the business of football you're going to get criticised you don't expect not to get criticised so I just thought it was a bit it was a bit silly but if these signings come off like you said Dylan Georg could be a good signing Matt Kennedy looks like a good signing so this could be maybe push Aberdeen back to where they want to be mm-hmm. um, but yeah I think you're going to get criticised in football, so I don't know why he was on the defence like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you agree with uh, Matt, Tony? I, I think a lot of it actually is merited, because if you're not delivering as a manager, you're going to get criticism. It's just part of the game. Mm-hmm. And I think it must be pretty difficult to be an Aberdeen fan when you feel as though your manager's out of ideas and isn't he really changing anything. I've been there, I know what it's like. So, mm-hmm. no, I think the criticism is merited. Mm-hmm. Obviously, of course, doesn't he go personal? Again, touching upon what Matt said. Yeah, exactly. And uh, Matt, David Templeton is back up in Scotland. He's re-signed with Hamilton. Um, what's your thoughts on that? He left Burton Albion because of personal reasons. I think it was family reasons. Um, obviously, he's, I think his girlfriend, or his wife, should I say, is staying up in Scotland. He's Obviously, he's down in England on his own. So, do you think uh, that was uh, the right call he's made there? Like, Obviously, it's not like he wasn't getting game time at Burton, but do you think coming back up to Scotland was... Like, due to him feeling homesick or whatever? Yeah, definitely. I think once you start to feel that way, 
um, your performances might start to dip. So I think it is the right decision for him to come back up. And he's, th- he's 31 now. Like, uh, it's weird to think that. I was, in my head, I always think of David Templeton as a young player. But, you know, he's 31 now. He's getting towards that, kid, that end of his career. So come up to Scotland, finish his career up here. And Hamilton have got a very good player. If he performs like he did the first time at Hamilton... Um, They've got a good signing, so yeah, I think it is the right decision all round. And uh, see, because time is short, boys, I would love to go through all the transfer news, um, but obviously time short, as I said. Um, but just one thing I need to bring up, it's only because you know this guy, Tony, um, Paul McGinn signed with uh, Hibs today. Um, what do you make of that? Because obviously, you know, I think you're, I wouldn't say you're pals with but you know him. I know who he is, I'm, he's more pals with my cousin than myself, but uh, I think it's a good signing for Hibs. I think Paul McGinn's a decent player. Yes. Uh, Hibs have obviously had to strengthen a bit defensively. I think it'll give them that wee bit of experience in their uh, defence. So I, I think it's a decent signing. Obviously, a lot of the Hibs fans will be trying to compare him to his brother, but yeah, you can't really do that. No, not at all. Player, <laughs> not at all. Um, so we'll move on and uh, we'll speak with Celtic. But like, we'll keep it uh, like not not uh, brief, but I would. We'll just we won't go like really in depth and spend a lot of time in the games. Um, but yeah, last couple of results, Tony. Um, we're obviously positive for Celtic. Six goals in two games. Uh, beat Ross County at the weekend there, 3-0. And um, Edward came off the bench, scored two goals. And uh, I noticed she's put a tweet out saying, that I hope um, that's all the Celtic dads shut up about Lee Griffiths now because obviously Edward came on for Griffiths and scored two goals. Um, so uh, let's talk about your tweet. That's <laughs> it. I do style stand by it. I think Edward is one hundred percent our best striker, and oh, without no, doubt, there's no question about that. Oh, just sorry to interrupt, but anyone saying otherwise, are uh, basically don't have a clue what they're talking about. Aye, and the thing is, mate, you know, I, I feel I've been speaking about Lee Griffiths constantly, but and I just I don't know, like I don't like comparing the two, and I don't like when people say things like on his day Griffiths is better than our best striker. Cause, like, it's a lot of crap. He's not. And I just think that game can I prove that point, if anything, to anybody that still doesn't think that. <laughs> but what I will say is Griffiths, he played really well against St. Johnson. He scored a cracking goal. And I would I will say, since he's came back, that was his best game <laughs> that I've saw him this year anyway. Uh, he, he didn't look as if he was kind of all in it for himself. He, he didn't score and kind of hide. He was getting involved. He was trying to play Edward through. So I will say in Griffith's defence is he has worked obviously a wee bit harder than what he has done and he hasn't maybe got as... Well, certainly that game he wasn't maybe his usual self himself. So I suppose it's only one game but certainly a wee step, a small step in the right direction I'd say for Lee Griffiths. Um, Matt, you sent me a clip on Saturday when you were listening to Super Scoreboard and it was... Celtic da, shall we say, Matt? <laughs> it phoned in, yeah. and what what was it he said again? He was basically like talking about how great Lee Griffiths is, um, but what did he actually say? If you can remember, I, I can't remember. I, I can't really remember exactly. I, I Doesn't think, he what be word for word? But what was the context? What was he like? You can paraphrase it. Like what was he basically saying? He basically just saying. Oh, how Griffiths is like. He should be given a chance. He's absolutely brilliant, and all that, and this and that, and just. Like basically, basically, it's been a typical like deluded um, fan. Every basically, fan. yeah. Every 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 team has them, but it was just it was quite even like Super Scoreboard put it up um, on their Twitter. So that's that's how that was quite funny. I thought, but yeah, it was just it was quite bad. Basically, just 
harped on about Griffiths and that, and he was, he was not happy with, I don't think, I think he mentioned Lennon as well, so he wasn't happy with Lennon because he kept chopping, no, that was it, he kept chopping changing, and Lennon kept chopping changing his tactics, now he was saying you should, you should concentrate on one tactic and all that, and um, yeah, it was quite funny to watch, mm-hmm. and it wasn't too sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, like you see when Matt was just explaining that, Tony, I can just see your face, I'm like, oh. <laughs> that's, they're like that's, that's the type of Celtic fans that you just cringe at. Well, every club has them. Every club's got their daft supporters, shall we call them? That you know they say stupid things that you're just like, what is this guy talking about? But I don't have like some sort of vendetta against Lee Griffiths. I just I want the guy and I want what's best for the club, and I I just want him to want that as well, not what's best for himself. Mm-hmm. And just prior to the past sorry prior to the game against St Johnson I've not seen that and I've not saw that for a good few seasons really Griffiths um, so I just like could, just because you brought up the St Johnson uh, game there Tony um, what do you make of Celtic playing two up top like I know, I know you didn't do that at the weekend there against Ross County but against St Johnson you are playing Edward and Griffiths up top do you think it works obviously um, both of them did score um, but do you think it does work I think it's early stage. no apologies uh uh, Edward did not score, it was in Cham. Aye, Cham scored, but they're linking up well, mate, so so yeah. far it seems to be alright. I'm not saying this is kind of going to be our set formation, but I like that uh, to an extent Lennon's trying to change things a wee bit. He's trying to find out what works, because prior to like, the new year and everything, things were kind of getting a bit stale for us and things had to change. You know, we were getting found out, we were kind of scraping results, and Obviously, like the old firm game didn't go our way, and I think that was due to kind of not changing things up. So yeah, that, that's something Rogers never done, though. I, that's exactly. right, Rogers never done he that. He never used to change. He used to just play the one way, and I like that. Lennon is at least trying new things, and obviously our wingers have been out injured and sold so as well. So we've kind of been struggling that way. So he's had to change it. Will it work in the long haul? We don't know yet. Time will tell. But so far, it seems to be doing no too bad. Mm-hmm. And James Forrest got a go, uh, on. Wednesday night against St Johnston and I'm going to say this Tony see Forrest right I'm going to make a claim here I'm going to be I'm not a claim I'm going to make a statement sorry um, see Forrest see ever since Rogers left I feel as though he's gradually like I, I wouldn't say got worse but his form has completely dipped ever since Rogers has left because remember when <laughs> Rogers first came in um, every, every Celtic fan I was saying nah Forrest is done nah he's finished then Rogers comes in and Forrest is a totally different player and James Forrest was in the form of his life but ever since he, like Rogers left Forrest has not been the same player I think in Forrest's defence he's needed a rest mate he's not he's been that one right winger the guy he's been, he was scoring in Europe and he's, he will score you an important goal James Forrest but his form has certainly dipped this season there's no question about it but I don't think he's had his worst season I think he obviously, towards the end, he was playing every game constantly, week in, week out. There was nobody else to really play in that position and he was always going to be one of the first names in the sheet, team sheet. But I think the fact that he got rested for a couple of games, had the winter break, I think he's come back a wee bit, looking a wee bit sharper than what he was. So, again, time will tell. But so far, I think I'm not too worried about that position or Forrest. When you make a Johnson... Um, so, but please explain the, the the scenario to people who don't know what happened, right? So, Johnson came on, and then what happened? Mikey Johnson came on in the latter stages, stages of the game carrying an injury. Lennon was a wee bit hesitant to put him on because he still had one of his final subs to bring on, which was, uh, was it, 
I can't even remember. I think it was may have been Kamala or Kampala or whatever his name is. And five minutes later, Johnson gets tackled and then signals that he may want to come off. But he ends up going off anyway. Have once we've made our final sub, so we're we're down to ten men, and obviously Neil Lennon in typical Neil Lennon fashion wasn't the best pleased about it. Yeah, he told me to fuck off. Which understandable because you can't do that. You know, I just think it was a really stupid thing. It was just as well we were a good couple of goals up, or and against with like, all due all due respect to St Johnson, maybe not the greatest team. But if that was in an old firm game or something, mate, like I would be raging like even more so because. You know, when you're playing against like, a decent opposition, you can get punished for that. So I totally agree with Neil Lennon. I think he's right to be fuming at Johnson. You can see if that happened in an old firm game, I think his Celtic career would be finished. The problem I have with Mikey Johnson, mate, and I've told you this off pod many times, I think he's a wee shite bag. That's the only way I can explain it. I think he's a, he's a good player. He's good with the ball at his feet. He's technically a good player. But what he lacks for me is that bottle and that strength taking a get stuck in and push players about and stand up for yourself he doesn't especially in old firm games he goes hiding and you know he just doesn't really like any time he's barged he sits down for ages fixing his socks and this do you think he's like the the, do you think he's a stereotypical modern footballer I do mate I think he's he's a young guy right so I'm not saying this guy will not make it at Celtic and he won't change Yeah. but I just think right now it's hard to be optimistic when the only way you can describe it is a very immature player is kind of playing on the wing for you especially when you're trying to retain a title has he been on has uh, Johnson been out on loan before? I don't think he has mate as far as I know I could be wrong but I'm just having a wee check in the old Google machine but um, while I'm doing that Matt what do you make of Tony's comments sir? Yeah no I think um, I think Tony's banging the money there um, obviously regarding Mickey Johnson's ability um, I have to echo what you say. I think he can be good in his day. Um, like you say, technically he's good, but I think by saying the big games, the old firms, he goes missing. I think last season he was playing up top on himself um, and did absolutely nothing the whole game. And like yeah, he's just he's just not got that strength. Like players, the fullbacks are against him, just like easily get him off the ball, and he, like you say, messed about with his um, his shoes and his socks or whatever, and that, and he just. I think sometimes it's like a bit like of a deer in the headlights at times. Um, I think he does have the the, the 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 base ability to go as far as he wants to, but he needs to, he needs to change his attitude. And yeah, I've just uh, looked up there. No, he's not been out on loan, right? And he signed a five-year contract on December the 28th of 2019. So... Do you think, Tony, like, he signed this five-year deal and he's like, ah, look at me, I'm going to be here for five years, look at me, I'm a superstar, like, I'm just saying a five-year deal at Celtic. Well, it does make you think, mate, he's obviously a young guy, so you can understand if he's like that to an extent, but I've always said that you need to do your talking on the park, and if you're not doing that, you don't deserve to be in the team. Do you think, in order to try and give him a reality check and to help him grow up, he needs to go out and loan? I think it would certainly help, yeah, because... Even if he went to another league abroad or something, I think it would be good for him and it could help him develop. Or even uh, a club like, for example, St. Johnson or even the Scottish Championship, just something where they can de- like something that will give him a, a reality check where the, the dressing rooms and the stadiums, the training grounds aren't exactly glamorous, shall we say, compared to Celtic's uh, facilities. Well, I think if Mikey Johnson is ever going to grow up, he's certainly got the right guy in charge of him to make him do that. I think Neil Lennon... Oh, it was evident the other night that he's not going to take any of his crap. 
he, I noticed he didn't just tell me F off, he also called him a wee shite bag. Oh, well. did I? I missed that. So, uh, <laughs> and I, I do, I agree with him. Like, when I saw it, I genuinely just laughed because I'm like, he is. That's exactly what he is. And for whatever reason, he's been getting away with it. Like, and I don't hold that. See, when he started the old firm games, as it last season, up front. I don't, I don't really judge him on that because that's not his position. He's not a striker and Rodgers flung him big time under the bus there. But when he's playing in his natural position in old firm games, even when it was at this uh, final this year, he missed a sitter, he fell in his arse and he takes ages to get up. And I just, I hate that, you know, like, it's the type of game you cannot do that. Every second counts, you need to be up and sticking in. Like, and he just, he's so hesitant at doing that, mate. And I think, I don't know, you can just sometimes go off that as, are they going to cut it or are they not? Mm. Um, so we'll, we'll move on and we'll speak about Rangers. And then, Matt, um, we'll uh, talk about the, the Hearts and Rangers game from the weekend where Hearts beat Rangers 2-1. And, Matt, it was a dreadful performance, to say the least, mate. Um, where do we start with that one? Um, the midfield, off the pace, and just the whole team, apart from Ryan Kent, that he was the only one that actually was a decent player on the day and deserved pass marks. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think Kent was our best player. He was obviously got the goal and Barisic and lead up to the goal did really well. So maybe Barisic and Kent could get maybe pass marks, but the rest of the team was absolutely dreadful. There's no, there's no hiding from that fact. Kamara, that's the worst I've ever seen him play. Yeah, oh, speaking about Kamara, right, we'll come to Kamara, right? We'll come to Kamara, right? But um, the first half, though, um, like we were poor, we really were. We were very sluggish in the ball. We were terrible, uh, like in possession with the ball. Um, it was. Do you know what it reminded me of, Matt? It reminded me of that uh, performance against Kilmarnock the last year, after the winter break, where we lost two one at Rugby Park. I thought the 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 two performances were very similar. Yeah, no, I think definitely, and I guess it gets to the point now where you think, what happens over this winter break? Like that's twice, two years in a row now, where um, we've came back and, and lost. Um, yeah, and see the first oh, half. Uh, the first half, Matt. Uh, oh, sorry, mate. Um, but see the first half. Um, obviously, we had uh, two very good chances with uh, Ryan Kent, remember, where he hit the shot over the bar, and Aribo. Obviously, Ryan Kent hit the shot over the bar in the six yard box, should have buried it. It hit it like I was really surprised he did not get that on target. And Aribo, remember, he was clean through and uh, like had the shot, and the, the ball goes like right by uh, the post. And but see when I seen that I was like oh god man like could this be one of these days? Yeah, I think that the Kent chance should have definitely been a target. But I think I can maybe let Aribo get away with that one because the defender was right on him, not giving him a chance, and then the keeper came rushing out as well. So I can understand Aribo missing that, but Kent the quality we know he's got and possesses, I think he really really should have got that on the tar- on target in the very least. Yeah. Um, and then obviously second half Ryan Kent got a goal and uh, it has to it has to be said right credit was due um, it was a beautifully worked goal the build up play was yeah. sensational Barisic, Aribo and superb finish from Ryan Kent it was I think obviously the build up play was good I think Kent started and finished it and then that touched on uh, there Barisic came flying down the, the, the wing he <coughs> ran his heart out to get on to the end that Obviously, then put it in for Kent, and uh, it was a lovely, lovely finish. But that's what annoyed me. When we actually got the ball down, started playing football, 
we scored and then the rest of the game we're just hitting long balls up to five foot seven to four who's obviously not gonna get that. Yeah, that, that baffled me completely, Matt. I did not understand that whatsoever. And you've seen on Sunday, like, we've touched on it earlier on, Defoe is obviously, like, much older now, he's 37. He's not as fast as he once was, right? And he's a different type of player from Morelos, right? We can hit long balls up to Alfredo Morelos where he has the ability to hold up and bring players into play and take players on. Whereas Morelos, you know, whereas Defoe is much smaller and he's a player that needs to get good service on the deck, in the box, and like all you need to do is get the ball to the foe and, and like he'll be in the right place, right time. Because see his movement, honestly, his movement is his movement is sensational. So I don't understand the the tactic behind that, Matt, where we're launching long balls up to Jermaine Defoe against two like big six foot defenders, where John Suter was just eat, eating them up left, right, and centre. Yeah, no, definitely, and it was just even Gerard was baffled by that. So I don't know. If, what happened I don't know why the players were doing it um, it was really really baffling because like I said Hearts were there for the take and they were open but they were like every time they went forward they were bringing 5-6 players forward so if you play football you can hit them with the counter attack easily and that's how we got the first goal so hitting those balls up to to to, to full you've got like Craig Halkett and John Suter who are two big boys like you said it's just really really strange but um, I think we need to learn from that and it was a blip. That's what it was. But we'll come to that in a minute. Um, so Glenn Kamara, that was the yes. worst I've ever seen Glenn Kamara in a Rangers jersey. Honestly, it was atrocious. The first goal, Matt, for the Hearts' first goal, that was pathetic. I have to, it has to be said. What was he thinking? Right, he was. See when right, it's like old school stuff. Right, it's like schoolboy stuff. This right. See when you're under pressure in that situation, all you need to do is clear it up the park or put out for a shy. It's simple. Like Glenn Kamara just stood there with the ball, panicked, and the Hearts player made a good challenge and uh, good made a good challenge, intercepted the ball, and then it had to be none other than Stephen A. Smith to score and to make it one each. I know it was like I think someone said, and uh, you know it's kind of you have to laugh at it. He in that game he did like a fifty thousand pound player from Dundee, you know. But um, like I said, I was just I don't know what he was doing. He was, he was just trying a bit for lack of a better word on the ball you know and that's one thing they teach you when you're young uh, if you're not getting options just boot it out or just do anything with it because like eventually you will get tackled and obviously it's to go and the fact that Goldson slipped as well just made the whole thing even more comedic yeah um, but like yeah Goldson shouldn't have slipped right but for me the blame lands with Kamara in that situation he should be no, doing a hell lot better yeah. 100%, 100% like like, like We've all said either put it out or put it up the park. Just do something with it rather than stay on the ball under pressure and you are going to get tackled. So hopefully Kamara will learn from this, I have no doubt. Um, it was just a blip, like you said. The whole game was a blip, but that was 100% the worst performance. Yeah, and a special uh, mention to Matt Polster who came on. And yeah, he, I thought he put in a very decent showing. Um, because down the right hand side, Matt, we were really lacking that attacking threat, and it just shows how much we genuinely miss James Tavernier and John Flanagan at right back. It was it, it was just not working, and I think it's because also as well Flanagan and Tavernier and even Poster they're all very different players. And so, well, Tavernier and Poster are quite similar in the sense they like to get forward more. But see, we compare Tavernier and uh, Flanagan, two totally different fullbacks, and Flanagan, he, in my opinion, he just does not. Sit at like fit 
into a style of play whatsoever. He just doesn't. Because obviously, um, like Gerard likes to play with the fullbacks, getting forward and getting involved in the attack. Flanagan just doesn't fit into that mould, honestly. No, he doesn't. I just want to change the subject very slightly. I, I just seen that um, Salford have signed James Olsen from Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, no, um, like like you say, like Tav is definitely the best fullback in Scotland. I mean, that's, that's not kid ourselves who he is. Um, and Flanagan just no. offered absolutely right. nothing going forward. Yeah, it's Tony Throat. Continue, Matt. <laughs> No. Yeah, like Tav's the best fullback in uh, in Scotland. Bullshit. Right, who's um, better? El Hamid on his day. Oh, El nonsense! I, I, how, how many hours have you been here for? I said on his day. On his day. So like that, like Tavernier's been here for about I think four years, right? And Tavernier so, last year, Player of the Year, unsensational Rangers Player of the Year. He got. He was brilliant. But he didn't even play of the year. Hmm? He didn't win play of the year though. But dang, it's Tavernier. Look at look at his assists. Look at his goals. He scores penalties, Scott, for Christ's sake. We've been over this before. No, 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 no. Like, he's not all penalties. He is? He has, but to, be, he has to be good enough to take the penalties. I know, he's not, he's not. I don't think he scores. I think he scored like one or two penalties this season. Ah, yes, right? he's But see, dang, so like Tavernier, I've said it many times, Tony. See, he's a modern day fullback going forward. No, like, no one going forward as a fullback in the league can match him. He's so error prone, though. That's what the thing with Tavernier. But the thing is, so, but see, when you look at like fullbacks, like for example, uh, I'm not comparing the two, but I'm just saying, Kyle Walker, like Kyle Walker, he's the like um the modern day fullback who likes to get forward and defensively he's not great, but he's at Man City, right? And see James Tavernier, right? He, as I said, fits that mold of modern day fullback, gets forward and de- defensively, yes, he can get a bit flustered at times, but when see, like see going forward, no one can touch him. Because his, see Tavernier from a dead ball situation, sensational. Like, his delivery, it, like from crosses, and a, as I just said, from a dead ball situation, no one can touch him. No, no. I do agree, mate. He, he has got a good swing on him, I will say that. But, but I, I don't think you can say El Hamid's better than him. I think defensively he is, mate. He is. He's a good defensive right back. He's solid. Mm. I'm not comparing Frimpong because Frimpong's too young. You can't do that. I'm no, that I actually thought you were going to say Frimpong for a no, minute. No, I wouldn't go that far, mate. But I think El Hamid, like, although we've only saw him briefly, I think he could be a very good fullback for us. Mm. Matt, did, did, did Tavernier get Rangers play the year last year? Was it, was it him or was it not, was it not Morelis? I think, eh, I'll need to double check, but I'm, I know Tavernier won something. I think it was Rangers players player of the year. Yeah. I know he won something. I know taking he... part medal. <laughs> he, 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 no, he won something, but continue, Matt, what were you saying there? I think it was about uh, how much you missed having you done that right-hand side. Yeah, so Tavla, obviously the best fullback in our opinions. But anyway, Flanagan offers nothing going forward. Yeah, he's solid enough uh, defend, but he offered nothing going forward. When Poulsen came on, he absolutely um, changed that right-hand side. Um, um, like he came on, and I remember one of the first things he done, or one of the things he did do, I don't know if it was one of the first things, but he done a delicious ball into the box that would, if that was Tav, he'd be like, oh, what a ball, what a ball. Poster done an absolutely amazing ball there, and they looked good going forward, looked good defensively, and I've been saying for ages and ages and ages, we need to give Poster a chance because everything he's played, um, he's looked good. So I'm glad he's getting that chance now, and I think he'll start tomorrow against Aberdeen because Tav will be in the bench. Um, Was Tav on the bench, aye? So Tav, Gerard said he's, he's fit enough for the 18, but um, he, he, he's not going to start, so Polster will start tomorrow. Tav may come on, I don't know, but um, Polster is, is the backup, in my opinion, to, um, to Tav. Right, so I know time is short, right, so I just want to bring this up. Um, Matt, do you remember late in the game we had a chance, and uh, Defoe passed it to Ojo, 
And then Defoe made the run into the box. He was unmarked. Then Ojo uh, <laughs> decided to pause, slow the attack down and the tempo, and decided to shoot. Then it took a deflection off the Hearts player, which felt with Defoe, and Defoe obviously skied up. But still, Ojo, <laughs> what... Well, I, I really I don't get what Gerald sees in him. Why is why is Ojo still getting a chance? There, is there some clause in his contract, or has Klopp said to him you need to play o- Ojo in a certain amount of games? I d- see again. We had that thing with Wardle as well. Like that, there's rumours and that. I, I I don't know. I I just think I just think that Gerald just wants to get him to prove himself, but he's, he's not done it. Like um, and like you said. If he passed to Defoe, I've no doubt he'd at least work to keep her. I'm not saying he'd have scored her, I, I don't know, I'm not, not saying but I think he would have at least worked to keep her. Um, but no, he tries to shoot and, like you say, it, it, it came off a defender and eventually passed to Defoe, but he didn't, uh, he didn't, wasn't able to do anything with it. Ojo is so frustrating to watch, like, he's got pace, we know that. Um, it's just his decision-making and his final ball is just absolutely... Woeful, like obviously he scored a belt against Farnold, but how long ago was that? And he's just he's just not cutting it for me. No, no, he's not at all. And then obviously Liam Boyce uh, went up and scored, um, and it was a deflection, but they all count. And what a way to make your debut! And I said right before the game, Matt. Liam Boyce is a player that we need to watch, like because he will cause us problems. And look what happened. He um, got a goal when he got an assist. So. Yeah, he will be a game changer for Hearts. And credit with it, Stuart Hearts, they they went out there and had a point to prove, but there was no excuse for losing that game, Matt. None whatsoever. Um, they were there for the taking, and as you were saying earlier on, they were playing such a, a high line that we could have easily just hit them in the counter-attack. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, there's absolutely no excuses for, for losing that game. And it's all on us. Like, if we played to the best ability we can, I know they would have won that game. Um, it's, it's just so frustrating because obviously we won the old form um, before New Year and then come back to to beat to get to lose sorry off bottom of league Hearts. I know. It's just it's just so frustrating. But you know that'll be the kick up from the kick at the bum that we need hopefully and we'll kick on and hopefully not make the same mistakes as last season. And yeah, it'd be responding well on. Uh, sorry, Tony. I've uh, Matt and I've just been ranting back and forth there, where you've sat there with a very smug look in your face. But is there anything else you want to add to your sorry, mate? <laughs> no, I I think you do need to give Hearts credit. I think they played well. They did, and that's the best you've probably seen them play this season. Especially given everything that's happened, I think it was kind of the first game, arguably under Daniel Stendel, where he's actually had a few players of his own that he's been able to fling in there, a few of his own signings, and I think. I don't know. I think that could be maybe a wee turning point for Hearts to maybe boost them on to stay up. But yeah, of course, from a Rangers point of view, disappointing, especially having won the old firm. It's like you're back to square one again. You know? and, and as you did say, I think it was um, a couple of days after the game, so I went into hibernation <laughs> on Sunday. <laughs> um, uh, you said to me, you're like, ah, it's going to happen though. Like, you're going to drop points throughout the whole season. Like, it's not like you are going to go the rest of the season unbeaten. No, like, we'll no, drop points, you'll no. drop points. It happens, you know. And it could be a hell of a lot worse in a sense because, like, just say we never won that old firm game, you would be in pole position right now. Um, but the fact that we, we did lose, kicking the balls, right? But all we need to do is, like, win our game in hand, then we're two points uh, behind you. So it's not the end of the world, but still a game we should be winning. But Matt, we responded well on Wednesday night. 
of a very comfortable performance against Ross County. It was not a stellar performance. Well, it wasn't fantastic, but it was a uh, job done. Three points, clean sheet, and that's all that matters. Because we we wanted a response. We needed to get back in track, and we done that against Ross County on Wednesday night. Yeah, definitely. Like, like you said, it wasn't a performance that got the fans off their seats or anything like that, but it was a professional performance after losing to Hearts. Just to get a job done at home, three points, uh, that's what you can really ask for. I'm hoping to get a better performance tomorrow against Aberdeen. Um, but yeah, going back to midweek, I thought we played decent enough and um, Paul Star obviously started the game um, and, and done quite well. So he'll, like I said, I've mentioned him quite a few times, but I just think he is one we need to give a chance to. Yeah. Um, Obviously, losing the four was a massive blow, um, but if we get a replacement in, um, it shouldn't be too bad, hopefully. Um, I'm trying to think who else played well. I think, generally, there wasn't any bad for I thought the four was man of the match, even though he got subbed off, mate. I thought the four was man of the match, obviously. Say, like, what? I would say Arfield was probably my man. Arfield was good, yeah, Arfield was good, but for me, I thought it was Defoe, like, he, for his first goal, he, like, terrific finish, and, like, the way he just, like, like chested the ball down, a lovely wee volley into the back of the net, and the second goal as well, um, Arfield did score that, but a lovely back heel from Jermaine Defoe, that just shows how he's still got it, in a sense, like, he's still top-notch, he's still really, really good. Yes, really. so he's got a football on he's Exactly, he's a very smart player. He's, that natural ability just does not go away. No, it doesn't. Like, obviously, like we, we, we said earlier, he's lost his pace, but when you're 37 years old, that's just natural. That's going to happen. But like I said, if he gets sales in the right positions, get a wee flick on. Um, it almost reminds me of the goal against uh, Celtic last year where Defoe... Yeah, uh, that, me, yeah that, it does a bit, doesn't it? Because was, it was very similar in that sense. Apart, obviously, Defoe didn't like back it but it went right through yeah. his legs yeah and it was very it's similar it's like scorer. it seems like Scott Arfield and Defoe have this like really good partnership and they've, they're both very intelligent players and they have great chemistry with each other yeah definitely it just it just works so I think over the next few weeks um, I would start Arfield obviously Defoe's injured but I think Arfield has really came 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 back to his best I think obviously the last this season he's not been at his best but I think I said the last few weeks he's starting to get to the level we expect of him and hopefully he can kick on. But like you said, him and Defoe, it's a shame they won't be able to do that for the next few weeks because Defoe's injured, but they've got a great a great partnership for whatever reason, I don't know why, but it, it just works. Yeah, definitely. So before we um, move on to the fixtures and wrap up, uh, Tony, uh, Brian Rice uh, had his hearing, disciplinary hearing during the week and he got banned for 10 games. What's your thoughts on that? A guy who's obviously been very open about his... Uh, gambling addiction and uh, he could have just kept it secret uh, but he came public with it and he needs help he said that but banning him for 10 games is that any sort of rehabilitation i don't think so no i think it's he's been really hard done by especially from hamilton's point of view because they're obviously fighting relegation as well that's not going to help them at all but from a pe- from personal a personal note rather to Brian Rice, it is a shame because yeah, the guy did have the balls to come forward and say that he needed help. So, I think it kind of shows us why we're very critical of the SFA. Mm-hmm. And he actually was walking into Hamden right with a big banner. It says William Hill, and he's managing a team in the Scottish League, uh, and the sponsor is Ladbrokes, right. Is that going to help him even more? Is that even going to help him? Like, like, how can the SFA 
I, it's like have this like rule in place when it's so hi- hypocritical when they're doing this kind of stuff. Like, yeah, you can't bet, but yeah, our sponsors are Lab Brooks and Mullen Hill. <laughs> I agree, mate. I, I do I do feel sorry for Brian Rice, and I really hope the guy gets all the help he needs, obviously, to just sort himself out. But mm-hmm. yeah, I can understand maybe a, a minor punishment, like I don't know, maybe a couple game bans or whatever. Like, yeah, I think like something like that, but 10 games. Like, Ian Black was betting, and he bet. Remember, Matt, do you remember that when Ian Black betted against Rangers, right? And all he got was, I think it was a, a four game ban where I think uh, three of them were suspended, and he only he got fined like seven thousand pounds when he was getting like a ridiculous amount at Rangers as it was. So, yeah. No. Yeah, it was ridiculous, no, like, how they can just, like, punish people like Brian Rice, where you get, like, people like Ian Black, who just are betting on their own teams freely, and are keeping it in the down low, and, yeah, they get a wee slap in the wrist, in a sense. See, that's the problem with the SFA, and that everyone says it's the inconsistency of them. They change different punishments for different people. It's always been the case, and always will be the case. Yeah. What are you going to say there, Matt? No, I was just saying, obviously, like, Ian Black, he betting on team back in, like, in terms of, like, the, the manager, if he didn't have himself in, I can understand the the 10-game ban because managers are the ones who are making decisions on the players who play. So if he's betting against them, he can maybe field a weaker team or whatever to maybe win his bet, if that makes sense. But the fact he's handed himself in, he wants to get help. I think the 10-game ban is harsh. I think it's really harsh, I think. No one not expect to get a punished, but he was saying to himself he doesn't expect not to get punished. I'd maybe say like four to five games would have been reasonable, and plus help if we had rehab. Yeah, ten games. I think it's just ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So do you know if it's see is it a ten game ban in the sense of like he's banned from like like being in the dugout or is he just going to be in the stands? Like how does that work? Is it just is it is he just going to be in the stands? Yeah, I'm not sure to be honest. I imagine so. I imagine it would be. I think. I imagine he just will be in the stands. Possibly. Um, we'll wait and see. Obviously, we'll find out this weekend. But um, if he's in the stands, it's not too bad. I mean, you can maybe get instructions to to the bench. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to go rattle right through the fixtures. We're just going to fire the the games at you. No explanation. Just give me a scoreline, right? So Tony Hibs versus Mirren. Two 0 Hibs. Matt. Uh, two and a half side. I'm going to say 2-1 Hibs Kilmarnock versus Ross County Matt Kilmarnock yeah, versus Ross County I'm going to go for 2 each I'm going to go for 1-0 Ross County Tony 1 each Levy versus Motherwell Matt Levy versus Motherwell I'm going to what's a tough one I'm going to go for 2-1 two, uh, two Motherwell I'm going to say 1-0, Levy. Controversial. <laughs> Tony? I'm going to go one each that game as well. And Tony, Rangers versus Aberdeen? 2-1 Rangers. Matt? 3-0 uh, Rangers. I'm going to say... 3-0 Rangers too, actually. Um, St Johnson versus Hearts, Tony? 0-0. Uh, no, no. I'm going to say... 1-0 Hearts. Matt? Uh, 2 0 hearts. And the final game of the weekend, Aki's versus Celtic, Tony. I'm going to go 2 0 Celtic. Matt? Uh, 2 0 Celtic. 
I'm going to say 3 0 Celtic. So, boys, pleasure as always. And until next time, guys, take care and we'll see you soon.